0: Lumos. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Harry Podcast, the show where we analyze and discuss each chapter of the Harry Potter series from a literary perspective. I'm David
1: and I'm Madeline, and today's episode is called Harry Podcast and Cornelius Fudge. Today we will be discussing the corrupt politics of the Ministry of Magic. Why so many characters in this chapter have ominous last words, and why this chapter needed to be written exactly as it is. Since we're talking about Cornelius Fudge today, I thought we would talk about a different kind of fudge. (laughs) Okay. So if your favorite character in the Harry Potter series, so first you have to have that in your head, if that person were a flavor of fudge, what would they be and why?
0: Well, we've already discussed each of our own favorite characters. Yeah. Um, so my uh serious black fudge would be a very, very dark chocolate.
1: Anything else to add to the fudge, or <laughs> would it be just a very, very black very dark chocolate? It's pretty boring.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what were you expecting?
1: you were going to just, like, come up with, like, uh, like, and then it has this in it and this in it. Like, a weird combination of things. Just some creativity is all I'm asking for here. Oh, but man. you don't have to. You can just mm. uh, say a very dark chocolate.
0: Normally, everybody in the black family would be very dark chocolate fudge, but Sirius is a rebel, so he would be white chocolate fudge.
1: Whoa. Good point. <laughs> So, my favorite character is Luna Lovegood, as we've discussed. And I think that she would be a very interesting combination. I think she would be um, rose flavored, mm. rose and lavender flavor swirl mm-hmm. fudge. It
0: would be very pretty, too.
1: Yeah. With like fun, sprinkles in it. And then also some dark chocolate chunks. For (laughs) added.
0: Should we just leave all of this in?
1: We should leave some of it in.
0: Yeah. So, about Cornelius Fudge, the chapter, Harry, Ron, and Hermione decide not to confront Hagrid about the memory in Riddle's diary unless there's another attack. Although, when they discuss it, Ron in particular seems convinced by the memory's account of events and of Hagrid's guilt, which we discussed last chapter.
1: Things begin to return to normal. Over a month goes by, and people are starting to believe the attacks are finally over.
0: Harry gets back to Gryffindor Tower one day, only to see that his trunk and room has been ransacked and that... When he inspects the room Riddle's diary is missing, and he realizes that because it's password protected, only someone in Gryffindor could have gotten into the tower to steal it.
1: Then, on the morning of the Quidditch match with Hufflepuff, Harry's walking to get his things when he hears the voice again. Hermione says that she's just realized something, and then runs off to the library.
0: As the match is about to begin, Professor McGonagall runs out and announces that the match has been canceled. She asks Harry and Ron to come with her and takes them to the infirmary, where they see the victims of a double attack, Hermione and Penelope Clearwater. They find a hand mirror at the scene of the attack.
1: A curfew is imposed at Hogwarts, all activities are canceled, and McGonagall says the school will likely be closed unless the culprit is caught. Percy looks shocked by the attack, apparently because Penelope was a prefect.
0: Harry and Ron take a risk by using the invisibility cloak to sneak out to Hagrid's hut that night. Before they can confront him, Dumbledore and Cornelius Fudge knock on Hagrid's door, and Harry and Ron are forced to hide under the cloak and watch.
1: Fudge, the minister of magic, explains to Hagrid that he is under a lot of pressure to take action and that Hagrid will need to go to Azkaban until someone else is caught for the attacks. Dumbledore warns Fudge that this will accomplish nothing, but Fudge seems to want to be seen doing something, even something ineffective.
0: Lucius Malfoy then enters the hut with an order from the school board to have Dumbledore suspended as headmaster. Despite protests from Hagrid and Fudge, Dumbledore agrees.
1: Both Hagrid and Dumbledore seem to give secret hints to Harry and Ron with their last words before leaving the hut, but the boys are far from reassured.
0: Okay, so first things first, I want to pick up where we left off last chapter. Harry gets this revelation about Hagrid, and we want to see how he and Ron and Hermione respond. So how do they respond?
1: So they're kind of freaked out about Hagrid's situation and Mm -hmm. what they find out about him. But um, their faith in him is still pretty strong. They don't, you know... They don't believe that he is the heir of Slytherin and that he intentionally hurt students or wanted the the attacks to happen. Mm -hmm. Um, They basically believe that he's just kind of bumbling around. He heard about the monster and maybe wants to take care of it or release it into the wild and Mm -hmm. is just... Or maybe he brought in the monster and he didn't mean for it to happen. Just something like has happened in the first book with the dragon that we know.
0: Right. So essentially they think like... Riddle probably like caught the right person, but what he didn't mean for it to happen. Right. It was totally misunderstanding. Unintentional. Yeah. Um, although Hermione and to some extent Harry do spend some amount of time trying to argue against Riddle's narrative of events and maybe say that he caught the wrong person. Right. But Ron seems pretty convinced by this um, Riddle's line of reasoning, and and he more than the others believes that Hagrid probably did do it, even if it was unintentional.
1: Right. So they don't go to accuse Haggard of anything at all at first, and then eventually when Harry and Ron do go after Hermione is attacked, they only go to see if he knows anything. They are not right. you know, expecting that he has done this again, but maybe he knows something about the monster or something accidentally happened they really just want information from him
0: right because they know he wasn't involved in the attacks either right. harry ran into him right before the attack on the yeah. headless nick and justin so harry knows it wasn't hagrid um they just want information and they think he might know about the monster yeah maybe and our our last little bit of uh, color in this chapter before we get to the real heart of it is that um when they're signing up for classes for next year Hermione wants to take every class. She's interested in every subject.
1: They basically get to choose electives for the first time, it seems like.
0: Yeah. And she decides to sign up for every class. And it's kind of like a foreshadowing for next book. Yeah. And also, it's sort of like a careful what you wish for type of scenario because we know that it doesn't actually go that well for her to take every class.
1: Yeah. Okay. So, we see that the diary is stolen. Harry's stuff has been rummage through, and right. the diary is missing. So clearly someone came in and stole the diary. Um, shortly after that, another attack occurs. So um, Harry has started to connect the diary to the air in his mind. Um, but now he believes that it may be a Gryffindor student rather than a Slytherin student. Um, and this is because, as we said in the summary, he they need a password to get in. right. And so it would be impossible to get someone else in there um, and start going through his
0: stuff. Right. And it's important to note, like, when we say, like, Harry's connecting the diary in the air in his mind, um, this isn't really overtly said, but he it almost seems like subconscious in the writing of the chapter that, like, the diary has gone then the attack happens. And Harry's like, oh, diary attack. And he doesn't think that the diary is the cause of the attacks at mm-hmm. all. He doesn't make that connection. But he does think that whoever the heir is, they wouldn't want anyone else to have access to what it contains. Because yeah. it's it's apparently, um, allegedly, information about the Chamber of Secrets and about the monster. Right. So Harry's idea of it is like, oh, like, whoever stole this back is the heir of Slytherin because they don't want me having this information.
1: Right, exactly. And so Harry just found the diary, you know, thrown away mm-hmm. by, you know, we don't know who at, from Harry's perspective. And then he figures out the diary. He uses it once. Something that seems interesting and maybe kind of uncharacteristic of Harry is that he's only, as far as we know, opened the diary once or used it, you know, written in it and gone into the memory. Right. Um, and we... You know, maybe he thinks, okay, well, I have the information, they revealed that it was Hagrid, that's probably all there is with the diary. But, I mean, why do we think that he doesn't go back to it? Because it seems like he is a very nosy, and if especially if it's something that seems magical and interesting, that he would go back to it.
0: Well, yeah, so... There is a lot interesting about that, right? Because it's also a horcrux, and its purpose is to pull people in and and sort of become all-consuming emotionally and then feed on that person's emotions. Um, But it doesn't really get there with Harry, even though he sort of trusts it to some degree. He doesn't put his full faith in this diary as an object of investigation.
1: Well, maybe it's that um, Riddle doesn't want to pull Harry in because he doesn't want to have Harry figure out something more that's going on. You know, maybe he doesn't feel like he can conceal the truth enough.
0: Maybe, um, but, I mean, Riddle's very clever, and the Horcrux obviously is, like, capable of manipulation, as we've observed in the past couple of chapters. So I would think that if Harry did rely on it more, we could see... um, the diary and and diary riddle basically like manipulating Harry and organi like orchestrating these events to bring about a conclusion in his favor more than it does with Ginny. Um, so that's a little confusing. I, I guess maybe my only idea about this would be that because the attack stopped and once they figure out that it's Hagrid, Harry sort of loses his taste for investigating this mystery.
1: Yeah, because he's true. like, well, I
0: know it's not Hagrid this time. But if it was Haggard last time, like, gosh, I really don't want to have to go and confront him about it. And that's our next obvious lead. So I guess he just, like, kind of loses interest in, in tracking on this case. Mm-hmm. Um, and since there weren't any more attacks for a couple of months, it's like, yeah, I guess we don't really have to worry about this anymore, maybe. But then, of course, the diary is stolen and then the attacks resume. Right. So, like, as soon as the attacks resume, Harry's probably like, wow, I wish I had that diary. But, of course, it was just stolen.
1: Right. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense.
0: That's a great segue into the the next section of the chapter, where um, two people are chucked out. First, Hagrid is chucked out by Fudge, and then Dumbledore is chucked out by Lucius Malfoy and the Board of Governors. So, first, let's talk about Fudge. So, this this guy is going to end up being a really important character, and he's the Minister of Magic. How is he presented in this chapter?
1: Well, he's presented um, very poorly from our perspective at the beginning, because (laughs) He comes in just kind of blustering into Hagrid's cabin and he, to me, he just seems like exactly a politician, like what what we would think of as a stereotypical politician. He appears, you know, kind of um, outwardly friendly and charming and like, oh, well, wish we didn't have to do this. Really, I have no control over anything, but you understand how it goes kind of thing Um, to Hagrid where he's literally talking about going to a horrible, torturous prison um. Which we understand now that Hagrid has done before, um, or been there before, and he's really just knowing that he's framing an innocent man to get um, pressure a little bit off him from the public.
0: Yeah, and he's also he's wearing these like really weird clothes. He's wearing like a um, a really ugly pinstripe suit and like a horrible, I think it's like a purple tie and or like orange or something, and then like a lime green bowler hat. It's just like a very, very mismatched Mm -hmm. outfit. And it's it's sort of something that we've seen wizards wear a lot before, like Mm -hmm. weird muggle clothes. But in this case, like you'd think the Minister of Magic would have like a nice outfit that he can wear, even if it weren't muggle clothes, even if it were like a wizard outfit, you know, like robes or whatever. But instead he has this really like ridiculous looking costume. And I'm sure it just adds to Harry's like bewilderment at seeing this like supposedly super powerful figure in the wizarding community just be like a bumbling fool that Dumbledore obviously has contempt for his decision-making, you know?
1: So what do we think is Lucius's purpose here? And um, getting Dumbledore removed? So he has the school board basically has come to this decision, according to him, that Dumbledore should be removed because they're so disgraced by how the school is being run. Um, and, you know, we can we can assume that his purpose is, you know, he doesn't like Dumbledore. He doesn't want Dumbledore to be there. But do we think he has a specific motive in this case of getting him removed right now at this point?
0: Well, I think we can look to the chapter. um Both Hagrid and Ron's response to this announcement that Dumbledore is going to be removed is like the attacks will increase in frequency and there will be killings next, as mm-hmm. Hagrid said. Um, Because, you know, they all think, and we're inclined to agree, that Dumbledore is powerful enough to keep any source of evil at bay. Right. Um, And even though these attacks have been going on, what they think is that the attacks would have been way worse if Dumbledore weren't there. Mm -hmm. And -hmm. we don't really know how true that is, but um, we're inclined to agree because we know how powerful and how good Dumbledore is. So I think part of Lucius's game plan was going to be, you know, once the attacks get bad enough put pressure on the other school governors to remove him and then the attacks can really increase in in efficiency, basically.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think that's probably true.
0: It may also be part of his endgame to get a Slytherin headmaster installed. I mean, he's clearly no friend to Dumbledore. Maybe he wants to try to get him removed permanently. Right. So there are three major characters who sort of exit the story at this point. Um, So let's examine each of those characters and their last interaction with our protagonist and what they say and what they do so first off we have Hermione um, she basically is talking to Harry and Ron about something I don't even remember what it was probably insignificant and then Harry hears the monster's voice again mm-hmm. and Hermione goes oh I've just understood something I have to go to the library right and she runs off
1: so we can assume that what Hermione has realized is something really important and is probably something about either what the monster is or where the chamber might be. Something really important that if they all knew and Hermione hadn't been attacked would move the story along much faster.
0: Right. And as we will discover eventually, um, once we get to this point, it's that she understands what the monster is, that it's a basilisk. Right. Um, so, and, and I think she also discovers how it's moving around the school, which is through the pipes. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. So
0: I think that would, yeah, that would lead them to the chamber much more quickly than they eventually do get there.
1: So one thing, so we can, what we'll talk about with these three characters' removals from the story at this point is that um, if they had not been removed at this point, the book would quickly come to its conclusion. So really, it seems like Rowling is delaying um, the inevitable and also having Harry and Ron figure more things out on their own.
0: Yeah, well, it builds up dramatic tension. Yeah. Because if it were the kind of thing where Hermione just figures it out and then bing, bang, boom, they figure out where the chamber is and all that, then the story is much less satisfying because then you just have Dumbledore... Basically send a crack team down there and they <laughs> kill the basilisk and they uncover the secret um, and then it's over. Um, and that might fit in sort of like a Harriet the Spy type novel, but that's not what these novels are about. These novels are about Harry's adventures. Right. So it has to be a Harry adventure. And for that to happen, sorry, Hermione, but once you figure it out, we have to remove you from the story now.
1: <laughs> You're too smart. You moved it <laughs> along too fast. I mean, kind of going back to what we talked about in previous chapters with Hermione about maybe why she's being removed so much from the action. I mean, I think that's a good point is that, you know, it is Harry's stories. We have to follow Harry. And as Rowling's writing, she's kind of realizing Hermione's going to figure things out too quickly. So Mm -hmm. we need her out of the way in this kind of strange twist.
0: Yeah. And and I think you and I never were smart enough to figure out why she was removed from that earlier chapter mm-hmm. where they where they took the apologies potion, but I'm sure there was something where Rowling was trying to figure out how to make that work where Hermione was in on that conversation and she couldn't because Hermione would have figured something out that Malfoy right. said and it and it was too much for the story. Right. Um. So yeah. So next we have Hagrid. So. Hagrid is removed from the story essentially because if Harry and Ron were allowed to interrogate him about his past history with the chamber, they would quickly understand more than they can know at this point in the book. Mm -hmm. Um, and so he gives them a cryptic warning slash hint, I guess. What does he say?
1: He says, follow the spiders. Um, if anyone wanted to know anything more, basically follow the spiders, um, Which is very confusing at this point. We've seen some spiders. We've seen some spiders acting strangely, like walking in lines Mm -hmm. sort of together, going out the window. Kind of some creepy allusions to things. Um, And we did see a creature that looked like a spider, some sort of giant spider in Riddle's memory. Mm -hmm. Um, So we've kind of confirmed, okay, spiders and the chamber are connected this also may be kind of another false
0: red herring red
1: herring i was gonna say false positive. another red herring um towards like getting away from what hermione did just discover which is that it's a basilisk now we're thinking okay so it's definitely a spider that's definitely uh-huh. the monster and they were just about to ask haggard about that and he just mentioned that so it kind of puts us firmly in that direction of oh it's a spider
0: yeah and it's an interesting red herring i think is a good point because uh when Hagrid gives this cryptic warning with everything that a first-time reader knows about this story so far i think they're inclined to think that Hagrid is telling them like this is how you get to the monster mm-hmm. follow the spiders they'll lead you to the monster or right. whatever
1: yeah something you like know? that and
0: so <laughs> harry and ron are sort of like bemused and like bewildered by that statement they're like why would why would you want us to meet the monster
1: also like what why like it, yeah it's pretty confusing and we'll see in the next chapter but like how do they get to that point of of spiders okay we've seen some spiders but where do we find them in the first place like how do we follow them right why would we follow them
0: yeah and we will see that next chapter
1: and uh, lastly we have dumbledore who um leaves basically He's not really about to do anything, but um, if Dumbledore were to stay there, again, maybe if he had shown up without Fudge and they had all talked, then maybe they would have come to the conclusion very quickly, especially since we know that Dumbledore knows Voldemort is involved somehow in opening the chamber.
0: Right, and any conversation that Harry and Dumbledore have for real about what they know the story is over mm-hmm. because they compare notes and then they have all the answers that they need.
1: Yeah, very true.
0: Um, So, like, the second that Harry and Dumbledore get into a room together, the story is over, essentially. So Rowling needs to remove Dumbledore from the story if she wants Harry to be the one to solve everything. Um, and so what does Dumbledore say? What are his final words? Because he realizes that they're there.
1: Right. He realizes that they're there, which is another kind of question of is he... Is he seeing them? Is he sensing them?
0: No, he's just very observant. I mean, I, I think even Lucius notices that there's more than one tea set out.
1: Right, that's true. And maybe they're making some noises or being weird. But um, Dumbledore says something like, "There were, I will never truly be gone from the school as long as my... Supporters as long as are here.
0: something like there are those who remain loyal to me, yeah. or and help will always be given at Hogwarts yeah. to those who ask for it. Those are the two things. Yeah,
1: and I was like, okay, Dumbledore, like, way to be zero <laughs> percent helpful again. Like he's trying to kind of say that, like, you know, eventually Fox helps Harry and stuff like that. I mean, is that what he's trying to allude to? That he can call out for things and the sword of Gryffindor and all that stuff will be given to him. I mean, it, I don't know. I don't know if there's anything specific that he's trying to refer to.
0: Well, it could be that Dumbledore is foreseeing Harry needing Fox's help mm-hmm. um, because obviously Fox remains at Hogwarts while Dumbledore is gone. Really? And so maybe Dumbledore is just like, well, in the case where I don't get to stay at school, I'm going to tell Fox like, hey, whenever... Harry needs my help. Um, <laughs> just bring him the sorting hat.
1: And <laughs> <laughs> that'll be cool.
0: And then that'll fix everything.
1: <laughs> yeah. So it's not really, if you think about it too hard, that one doesn't really work out as well. And it's also just another funny, in a way, example of Dumbledore. Like, I-, I know that in this moment, he can't say too much, but he could probably have said something that revealed a little bit more that would actually be helpful to Harry, but that would be, not not good for the book yeah yeah
0: not very dumbledore-esque either
1: and the last thing that i was thinking about is just again i know it's the book and the writing but like in the context of the story why are harry and ron like the last hope (laughs) of the school like why is this happening why did dumbledore especially dumbledore not like tell mcgonagal or other people more information yeah why does fudge not i mean like where are the adults
0: where are the adults where where are mcgonagal and snape and flitwick and sprout and all of this the heads of houses where are the head boy and girl where are the prefects you know no one does anything and it's down to these two 12 year olds to save everybody and
1: even when you know they're having all this curfew and stuff. It's just, like, they're just like, well, I guess we'll just wait until people die and then we close the school. Like, they're just (laughs) kind of tiptoeing around. I mean, even if they made a decision to be like, all right, the school's closed. This is too much. We have to, like, take people away. Like, at least that would be taking action in a, maybe a safer way at this point. Instead, they're like, we're just gonna walk everyone to the bathroom and make be careful.
0: Yeah, as though that would help.
1: And then still, like, in theory have no um no leads as to what's going on and unless you know Dumbledore has shared more but it doesn't seem like he has shared anything with them especially from that scene in the hospital wing where we hear him say hey, you know it's not a question of how but or who but how right and then McGonagall's like what I don't know what you're talking about
0: yeah so clearly like nobody everybody's in the dark here except for Dumbledore yeah. Just not the best in terms of, like, planning for the school's well-being, I yeah. think. But that's where we'll leave it for tonight.
1: Thank you all for listening to Harry Podcast and Cornelius Fudge. We hope you've enjoyed our discussion of this chapter.
0: If you have thoughts or questions about anything we've discussed today, especially the last words of our three departing characters, please feel free to email us at contact at theharrypodcast.com. You can
1: find out more about the show and listen to any of our episodes at www.theharrypodcast.com or on Apple Podcasts. Stay tuned for next time when we crawl into Chapter 15, Aragog. I'm Madeline.
0: And I'm David. And we'll see you next time on The Harry Podcast. Knox.